As we have come a long way in this series on compromise, I believe we have maybe two or three more weeks to conclude this series. So as we know, all of our sermons are available in the website. So probably you can visit the website to listen to the sermons of last couple of weeks. And today we are going to spend some time understanding how the Ten Commandments are compromised. How the Ten Commandments are compromised in the world we live today. Now, Billy Graham once said, The narrow road means that you forsake sin and you obey God. That you live up to the Ten Commandments and that you live up to the Sermon on the Mount desiring to please God in everything. The narrow road is hard and it is difficult. You can't do that by yourself. You need God's help and that's the reason we ask people to come to receive Christ. Because when you receive him, the Holy Spirit comes to live within to help us to live the life that is expected by God. Now we are living in a generation, people are debating to find out whether the Ten Commandments are relevant in today's context. You know, they quote, they always quote 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 66. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 66. Word of God says, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And they come to a conclusion saying that the letters which were written on the stone tablets, they are no more valid because in the new covenant word of God says, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. They say the old covenant is written in the tablets of stones, but the new covenant is written in the hearts. That's true. And they say, as I said, letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And they also say a ministry that brings condemnation upon people of God today. If you follow the old covenant, but you follow the new covenant, that ministry brings righteousness into our lives. Basically Paul as he was saying all these things he was making a contrast between the law and the spirit. He was making a contrast between the old covenant and the new covenant. He is not trying to say that one is better over the other. One or one need to be removed. One need to be abolished and the other need to be followed. He was not trying to say that. He was making both are certainly different. Spurgeon, Spurgeon once said, I do not believe that any man can preach the gospel who does not preach the law. He said, I don't believe that any man who can preach the gospel who does not preach the law. The law is the needle. And you cannot draw the silken thread of the gospel through a man's heart unless you first send the needle of the law to make way for it. If men do not understand the law, they will not feel they are sinners. And if they are not consciously sinners, they will never value the sin offering. There is no healing a man till the law has wounded him. No making him alive till the law 
has slain him. You know, it is so true. We need the law today. If we don't know the law, we don't really realize that we are sinners. And we don't need the grace at all. If we are not found, we are not finding ourselves sinners, we don't need the grace of God. And the law is the one that tells us today that you are a sinner or I am a sinner. John Bunyan, he said once, the man who does not know the nature of the law cannot know the nature of sin. And he who does not know the nature of sin cannot know the nature of the Savior. It is so today, true today that we need to understand what sin is. When Apostle Paul, when he writes, he says in Romans chapter 3 verse 20, he says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Romans 3.20 By the law is the knowledge of sin. You know, we can easily conclude that it is really foolishness to say or to argue saying that Ten Commandments are no more valid. The moment we do, we compromise God's word. And we invite sin into our lives. You know, because only law brings us or gives us the knowledge of sin. The moment we remove law, we are no more able to distinguish between what is sin and what is right. Or what is right or what is wrong. You know, that's where this generation is in today. You know, they are not able to distinguish what is right, what is wrong, what is sin, what is true or what is good. Because they don't allow the law to work in their lives. And sadly to say that even churches are in that situation today. So we are not talking about today the Ten Commandments being removed from schools. Or we are not talking about you know, removing the word God out of the Ten Commandments. We are not even talking about you know, replacing the Ten Commandments maybe and copying a page from the history and hang it over in the church, in the schools. We are not, not even talking about eliminating the first four commandments and keeping the remaining six commandments. You know, we are not going to talk about that today. But we are talking about the Ten Commandments removed, being removed from the minds of children of God. The Ten Commands, Commandments are the absolutes of the Ten Commandments being taken out of our hearts today. We are talking about the church. We are talking about the children of God. We are talking about the, you know, the compromising, the compromises that has already been made to the Ten Commandments by His own people, by the children of God who are called to walk in holiness. Let's go to the Ten Commandments. Let's look forward to it. Let's go to Exodus chapter 20. Let's read a couple of scriptures there today. Exodus chapter 20, verses 30, sorry, 3 to 17. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. Let's in fact go from the beginning. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Verse 3 says, You shall have no other gods before me. In fact, that's the first commandment. So as I said, today, you know, our objective here is not basically to elaborate on the Ten Commandments, but to understand where children of God are compromising, are making compromise with these Ten Commandments. 
Today I believe that these commandments are particularly written for the church of God. More than anyone else out there. It is written for the church of God. You know, as we live on this earth, God wants us to follow the law, follow these Ten Commandments, so that we may have a good life on this earth, and we will also have an extended life into the eternity. Word of God says so. From the exactly the same scriptures that we read. Let's read verse 2 again. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Let's go to another parallel in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 23. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 33. Word of God says, You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. So to whom it was written, what of God clearly says, these two scriptures, we've, if we put them together, these commandments were written for the children of Israel who were brought out of the bondage, who were brought out of Egypt. So these commandments were not written for Egyptians. These commandments were written and given for the children of God who were brought out of the bondage, out of Egypt. And when it was given, it was given during their journey in the wilderness. They were moving towards Canaan from Egypt. These ten commandments were given their journey during their journey in the wilderness. And where exactly it was given? It was given in the wilderness. And what was the reason for the Ten Commandments there? What of God says again from the verse we read in 33, Deuteronomy 5.33. It says, and that, the second part of it, that it may be well with you. It may be well with you. To live in the wilderness where you are today, it may be good for you. And it goes on, it says, that your days may prolong in the land which shall be given to you. You know, the commandments are given so that we may have a good life on this earth as we live. We will not get consumed by the wrath of God. We will have the favor of God. So we will have a good life as we live on this earth. Not only for that, it also helps us to continue our living in the land which we will possess. Word of God is talking about Canaan. And we all believe that one day God is going to call us, invite us into the heavenly realms. And we are going to live with him eternally. The commandments help us today for our living on this earth. And also our lives to prolong in the land that we will live eternally with the Lord. In the context of the church, these commandments are very important today. Because after all, God called us to be a church. To grow in Him so that we will become the brides. We will become the brides when the bridegroom appears in heaven. And what of God very clearly says, if we compromise these commandments... There is no doubt that we are putting our lives at risk as we live on this earth and when we consider when we talk about the eternity. Verse 2 says, Exodus chapter 20 verse 2, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Commandment 1, word of God says, you shall have no other gods before me. 
You shall have no other gods before me. First commandment is all about the loyalty. First commandment is about the loyalty that God expects in every one of us. God is saying, I am the one who brought you out of the wilderness. I am the one. First commandment always goes with verse 2. I am the one who brought you out of the wilderness. I am the one out of the house of bondage. If you remember what God said to Moses, he said, I am who I am. I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent you. I am has sent you. You know, God spoke to Abraham, if you remember, and he said, I am the Lord who brought you out of your you know, place in, in the, from the Chaldeans. I am the Lord who brought you. I am the God who brought you out of this situation. You know, God spoke to you know, many people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. He always, you know, uh, always appeared in front of them as I am. In Exodus 15, 26, word of God you know, spoke to the children of Israel. Exodus 15, 26. He said, very, very familiar scripture there. God spoke to them and said, I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. You know, in fact, I was just trying to count that. In, in the Old Testament, there are 162 times the phrase, I am the Lord, repeats. 162 times we see that phrase I am the Lord you know today when we compromise the first commandments we are trying to put something else in the place of the I there when God says I'm the Lord I'm the God who brought you out of the situation I'm the God who can heal you I'm I am I am I'm I can do something in your lives only I can do it as you know we heard the testimony it was God you know when we try to put something in that place and try to replace that I with something else you know that's where we compromise the first commandment the question as a church we need to ask ourselves who is that I in our lives who is that I that we are trying to replace with in our lives the moment we replace that I that refers to God Maybe by ourselves or maybe with someone else in our lives. That's where we compromise. The first commandment. Verse 4. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above. Or that is in the earth beneath. Or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing my favor or my mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. The second commandment is about worship. God is saying us today, telling us today that you don't make, you shall not have other gods before me. That's what he said in the first commandment. Now he says you shall not make yourself a carved image. You shall not make yourself a carved image. Let's quickly go to Romans chapter 1 verse 25. Romans chapter 1 verse 25. There we read... Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. And worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. God Almighty is blessed forever. Amen. 
You know what we end up in doing when we try to compromise law 2, the commandment 2, we instead of worshipping the creator, people end up in worshipping the creature. You know God doesn't want us to worship anything else other than him, other than himself. God is saying do not make yourself do not make own gods. You know, there are people in this world, they make their own God and they worship their own God. They make God and they worship God. Is it, isn't it funny? They make their own God and they worship their own God, which they made. And God is telling us, do not make gods. Do not worship anybody else. You know, we may not see such things in the churches today, but you know, we may see people compromising with the second commandments. You know, when... The, the question I was trying to understand, I was trying to understand this in this way. When we close our eyes to worship God, or when we close the room and you know try to pray, kneel down and pray, what comes and stands before us? What comes and stands before us? When God says, you need to worship me, we want him to be worshipped. We want to worship him. When we close our eyes, when we try to worship, what comes and stands in front of us? The question I was trying to ask myself, whether myself, is it myself that I'm trying to worship? When I kneel down and try to pray, oh, I keep thinking about myself, then I'm trying to worship myself. If I, or I keep thinking, worrying about somebody else, that's not the time to worry about someone else. Maybe that's a time to worship God. That's a time to pray to God. But you know what? When we kneel down, you know, that's a time probably we'll you know, try to think about something else. Any material things, our wealth, or some other concept, you know, maybe today, that's how enemy corrupts our minds. Some other new concept he brings in our minds. And probably when we, that's the quiet time we get when we kneel down and try to pray. That's the time this concept will take, you know, its own shape. And it, it occupies our mind. What are we trying to worship today? Is it my abilities, my skills, my job, or my family situation? What are we trying to worship today? When we kneel down and when we lift up our hands, God expects us to have only Him, only Himself in front of us, nothing else. If we don't have that, we are compromising with the second commandment. Verse 7, Exodus chapter 20. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. The same God who said, You shall have no other God before you, before me. The same God who said, You shall not make any images to worship them. He is telling again, you shall not take the name of the Lord God in vain. The third commandment is about reverence. The third commandment is about reverence. The God of Israel, you know, most of the time in the Old Testament and New Testament, he is known by his name. Most of the time he is known by his name. You know, let's read some of the scriptures. What of God says in Psalm 8 verse 1. Psalm 8 verse 1 says... O Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. How excellent is your name in all the earth. 
Psalm 111.9 says, I can read it for you, Psalm 111.9, He has sent redemption to His people. He has commanded His covenant forever. Holy and awesome is His name. Holy and awesome is His name. Even in the Lord's Prayer, we start with saying, Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Word of God says, You shall not not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. In vain. What does it mean when we try to understand? Where church can compromise today with this commandment? You know, we easily compromise the third commandment if we profess to be a Christian. But you know what? When we try to act and think and speak in a worldly way, we bring, we proclaim the name of the Lord in vain. You know, often in worship we lift up our hands and we profess the name representing God's glory and majesty and His excellence and His awesomeness. But you know what? When we try to do something, We don't try to do things up to the level what we spoke, what we proclaimed. When we try to do things of the lower level than what we told about his name, we are compromising with that commandment of God. We tell his name is majesty, his name is excellent, his name is awesome. But you know what God expects? That in our lives too. When we live a life that doesn't speak up to what we said about our God, about the name of God, We compromise with the third commandment. Let's move further. Verse 8, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Word of God says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. The fourth commandment is about sanctification and relationship. The fourth commandment is about sanctification and relationship. You know, there are many teachings out there today, or many confusions around the Sabbath day. If we say the first day of the week is Sunday, the seventh day is the Saturday. Right? And what of God says, God said six days he worked, and the seventh day he was resting. So we work Monday to Saturday, and the seventh day becomes Sunday, and we rest. Now obviously that leads to confusion. There is you know, so much of confusion around it. But one thing that is true, word of God talks about the Sabbath day. Even we see that in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. I have you know, huge reference, but we may not have time to go through all of them. The word of God tells us that Sabbath day is important in the Old Testament and the New Testament. All the scriptures, they tell us that a day of the week... A church gathers together to worship the Lord. To observe the Sabbath day. So that Lord can, God can sanctify us. And he can build a close relationship vertically with the Lord. And horizontally with the fellow believers. That's what the word of God says. And God's word clearly says few things as we read that. 
in, uh, in verse, 80, uh, verse 8 of Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. First thing God tells us to do is to remember the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day. You know, most of our lives, the day which can be forgotten easily is Sunday. Right? Most of the time it can be easily forgotten because Sunday is the day we can, you know, God said we need to rest. Probably that's a day we can rest. It's easily it is skipped. Because if you take this calendar, I just want you to go and look into your organizer and see the calendar. All the days are filled except Sunday. So easily it can be wiped off from our minds. And secondly, what of God says? To keep it holy. I'm reading it from Exodus chapter 20 verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That doesn't mean that the rest of the days we can live unholy. No. But God is expecting us to keep the Sabbath day because we are standing in the presence of God on that day. We need to ask God for extra holiness on that day before we come to the presence of God. To keep it holy. And third thing that word of God is telling there. Six days you work. Verse 9. Six days you do all your labor. On the seventh day you do no work. So God is very clearly telling six days you work and seventh day whichever day you are keeping it as a Sabbath on the seventh day you do no work. You know there are out there in the other countries probably some of the countries they, they all gather together for church on Friday because that's the day that's available for them. There are churches they gather together on Saturday because probably that's the day available for them. And today you know for the government Sunday is a holiday so we gather here to worship the Lord on Sunday. But God says very clearly six days you do your work and the seventh day is for the Lord. Let's read the last part of chapter 20 verse 11. The last part. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. You know, there is a blessing hidden in the word of God in observing this day of the Lord as it is written in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. I want to read another scripture from the word of God. Ezekiel chapter 20, I can read it for you. Ezekiel 20, 20. Ezekiel 20, 20. Word of God says, Hallow my Sabbaths. And they will be a sign between me and you. That you may know that I am the Lord your God. Ezekiel 20, 20. Hallow my Sabbaths. And they will be a sign between me and you. You know what? On Sunday morning when we come to the presence of God. We realize. Lord, I am here coming back to you. And Lord meets you at the right time. You know, God makes and keeps that relationship with us every time when we meet in the presence of God. That's what the word of God says. Hallow my Sabbaths and they will be a sign between me and you. Hallow it means, simply means consecrate, sanctify and make it holy for me. The Sabbath day is a sanctified and consecrated and holy day for our God. You know, if God says, remember my Sabbath day and make it holy... Part as part of the Ten Commandments, we can imagine how important it is. If we don't observe the Sabbath day as a holy day, you know, keeping us away from the work and to be found in the presence of God, we compromise with the Ten Commandments. There is no doubt about it. It is equivalent to committing sexual immorality. It is equivalent to committing worshipping idols. If we don't obey the word of God, if we don't obey one of the commandments which says, remember the Sabbath day. Billy Graham once said, 
If I were to teach this truth of keeping Sabbath holy, I would lose most of my listeners. Jesus said, we are to both obey and teach the law. And one cannot sacrifice truth at any cost. The enemy has gone to extreme lengths to make sure the Sabbath truth is not taught or believed and continues to go to extreme lengths and deceptions to keep us ignorant of this truth. Knowing he has done this, Christians should realize that it is very relevant and extremely important we know why. For example, how important is sin to God. It is that important if we fall apart from this commandment and come make compromise with the word of God. You know, we can come out with many excuses, many workarounds and tell us, you know, probably I will gather together in my, in, at my home and I worship the Lord. And probably I will sit in front of the television and that's where I worship the Lord. You know, we may come out with so many excuses but not in assembling together in the, word, in, a, in, the, in the presence of God. Word of God says, Hebrews 10, 25. Word of God very clearly says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. You know, there is a concept out there in this nation. I, I don't understand really. It's not necessary that we need to go to the church all, all Sundays. I am I'm really struggling to understand this fact. Word of God says it is not an option whenever we feel like to go to church. You know, if we are, so sometimes, you know, we feel, that, oh, I don't have anything else to do. Probably I decide to go to church. No, it's not an option at all. We need to keep this as a number one priority. We need to take the decision, Lord, doesn't matter, Lord. Whatever happens, it really it doesn't really matter. I will go to church on all the 52 or 53 Sundays in an year. Word of God says... There is an inherent blessing in doing this. Word of God says in 11, end of 11, Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. If God has blessed that Sabbath day, you know, each and every one of us, when we come together in the presence of God, on a Sabbath day, that blessing comes into our lives. That blessing comes into our families, finally. Verse 12, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long, Upon the land which the Lord your God has given to you. We are talking about church compromising the Ten Commandments. Honoring our parents is so important that our God has included it as one of the Ten Commandments. Honoring our parents is very very important. That's the Lord has that's our Lord our God has considered that as an equal. It's equally important as not to murder somebody not to commit sexual adultery it is as important as the other facts the other truths word of god is talking about ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 to 3 word of god reiterates this particular commandment let's read that ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 to 3 children obey your parents in the lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Word of God is asking us to honor our parents. Now, we are living in a time, parents are no more honored. Parents are no more honored. 
forget about children forget about our children as some of us are parents as parents are we honoring our parents you know not all of our parents are here on this earth but some of our parents are around today some of them are already be you know to be with the lord gone to be with the lord honoring our parents you know it's not only obeying our parents but it is also taking care of them doing all that we can do to keep them happy as long as they live on this earth it is a commandment upon me and you it is a command that God has given it's not an option if I am well to do I can take care of my parents if there is time available I can give the time for parents no not at all it is a commandment that is given by God Almighty today that we need to take of our parents some of our parents who are alive we don't really know how many days how many weeks how many months or years they are going to be alive on this earth we don't know they may not live sometimes you know they may they are not here to take care of them they are not here but you know what God is telling we need to do everything that we can do to take care of them it is a commandment that given by God you know sometime it may be you know spending time with them it may be you know sometime sharing what we have along with them it may even ask us you know to share some of the benefits that we have we got a bonus probably the way you do tithing for God I'm not saying you need to do tithing for your parents but share that blessing with your parents that will be a blessing you know I don't know about you but I can speak for myself in the last 22 years since I started working you know from my studies you know as the tithe goes to the Lord a portion of my income was sent to my parents without fail and I do that even today even today I don't know probably I would have missed few months here and there but last 22 years I have been doing it whatever minimum whatever maximum whatever I get you know I used to give that to my parents you know sometimes they feel it that we are you know kind of obligated to do it sometimes they say that oh no I don't really expect but it is a commandment of God that you share not only our money even our joy even our sorrows even our sicknesses everything try to share along with our parents now they are the one they are they brought us until this point of time in our lives you know if they are not there if they would not have done that what they have done to me probably I'm not here today that is so true none of us can deny that you know on the other day you know I was uh, you know we in our home there was a discussion my son was you know ordered to go for the driving lessons so I said probably it cost us so much so you worked in Sobeys for some time probably you need to find money for yourself take that money whatever you got and get your driving license done and then I went back and then I was thinking about you know a father he's not even able to take care of his sons driving lessons but you know what same time something else came into my mind that came to my mind and he said you invested already that's the reason he's brought to this country today and he's able to be in this kind of environment today he's able to you know go to school he's able to go to the driving school today because you already invested in his life that is so true think about our parents they have already invested so much in their in our lives 
They have already invested so much. Word of God clearly says, remember to take care of your parents. Honor your father. Do we send our, to our parents? If not, I think we need to do it today. We need to share our love. We need to share everything that we have to someone who is alive in our family. You know, we as parents, if we don't do it, we can't expect our children to do it. We can't expect our children to practice that in their lifetime. Word of God clearly where it tells us before we instruct our children, God wants us to practice that in our lives. So that we may obey, we may not compromise with this commandment of God. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord God has given to you. God is saying, churches are compromising with my commandments. God is not happy about it at all. The churches are trying to understand, trying to interpret, sometimes even trying to rewrite the commandments of God. God is not at all happy about it. God wants us to follow what the word of God says. God is telling us not to compromise with the word of God. God is asking us to preach the word of God no matter what the cost is. God is telling us to share the good news, share the word of God that God expects us to follow the Ten Commandments. God has spoken to us this morning. God is telling us he doesn't want us to compromise by having other gods before us. He doesn't want us to compromise by worshipping something else, maybe self or someone else in our lives. He doesn't want us to proclaim the name and not live up to the name. He doesn't want us to neglect Sunday morning service. He doesn't want us to neglect our parents. You know, these are the commandments of God. God doesn't want us to compromise the commandments of God. Let's close with a word of prayer.